Thanks for listening to the Velocity Church podcast. We hope that this message encourages you, inspires you, and challenges you to take your next step with Jesus. Now here's the message. Not today, Satan. Turn to your neighbor and say, not today, Satan. Turn to your other neighbor and say, not tomorrow either. And tell yourself, not any day. Amen. Hallelujah. We're going to have this series. I'm excited about this series. In this series, we will learn how the enemy schemes to steal, kill, and destroy to keep us in bondage and captive from going forward in the kingdom of God. We will learn to be free from sin and strongholds through God's word with practical steps. How to be delivered from lust in our flesh and experience true biblical freedom. Let's go to the Lord and pray. Father, we come to you in the mighty name of Jesus, Lord. Father, I just ask for the spirit of truth, the Holy Spirit, to guide us in all truth here this morning. Lord, we have, sometimes we have strongholds and thoughts that are not, not right with you, doesn't agree with your word. And so, Father God, we want to break those strongholds. And we know that your word is mighty to pull it down strongholds. We thank you for the weapons that you've given us as believers. We thank you, Lord, that we have been transferred from darkness to the marvelous kingdom of light. And we pray this morning that anyone that's under any kind of bondage will be delivered, not five years from now, not five months from now, but five minutes within this very time that I'm speaking, Lord. We believe that the Word of God is that powerful. We thank you for your Word. I pray you give me the utterance to speak your Word boldly. People can grab a hold of it, understand it, and go forward in your kingdom, and we're careful to give you all the fruit that's born. We give you the praise in Jesus' mighty name. Everybody said amen. amen. Not today, Satan. Not today, Satan. And first thing you need to know, that we have an enemy. First thing you need to know, that we have an enemy. From enemy from old, you know, Lucifer, Satan, uh, the accuser of the brethren, that old serpent or snake. Uh, he is your enemy. You know, I've been around a lot of church circles my whole life, and there's been some church circles that when I sit under them for any length of time, they act like they don't have an enemy. They act like just the enemy is just the world, and yeah. He is the God of this world, and the culture can come against the things of God, but we need to realize there is an enemy that is out there to destroy you, sift you like wheat. Matter of fact, John chapter 10, verse 10 says that the thief, everybody say thief, thief. comes to steal, kill, and destroy. He wants to steal from your finances. He wants to steal your joy. He wants to kill relationships. He wants to kill your marriage. He wants to destroy you in every way. He's not out there just just peacefully going along and let you go along in life. He doesn't want you to go forward in the things of the kingdom of God. And listen, we as born-again Christians, when we give Christ Jesus, when we believe that Jesus Christ died and rose again on the third day, we become born again in the spirit. But how many of you know that you're minded to get born again? And so we have to get that redeemed. We have to renew our mind with the word of God. And so we have to know, discover what the wiles of the devil are. John chapter 10, 10, the thief comes to steal. He wants to destroy you. Peter knows about that because Jesus told Peter one day, he says, Simon, Simon, Satan wants to sift you like wheat. And so Peter says in 1 Peter 5, 8, he says, be sober, be vigilant for your, for your adversary. Everybody say adversary. adversary. The devil, that's your adversary, church. The devil, 
walks about as a roaring lion seeking whom he may destroy. He's looking to see who can he destroy. So we have to be aware we have an enemy. We need to realize there's an enemy. How do we guard ourselves against that enemy? Now, how does the enemy attack? How does he walk around? He's, he's not a lion, but he acts like a roaring lion. What's he roaring? He's roaring thoughts of fear. He's roaring thoughts of worry. He's a vengeance. All kinds of different things that, that the, the thief comes along to do. The lion comes to do. So we need to realize that the battlefield, first of all, is where? It's in our mind. How many have heard that before? How many have heard that term, that statement before? The battlefield is the mind. And that is where the enemy comes, and that's where he brings a foothold in your life through a thought. Did you know that one thought can keep you in bondage? One thought can keep you captive and going forward to the kingdom of God. I remember preaching this back 15 years ago, and I remember I had a young man come up forward, and I, I had him start walking. And when he started walking, like he's walking in the kingdom of God, and I grabbed hold of his belt loop, and I held him. He didn't walk anymore. You know, the devil can get you held by the seat of the pants with just one thought and keep you in captive and keep you in bondage. Stronghold is anything that you believe that is actually a lie or twisted truth. How many know the devil's good at twisting truth? Twisting truth, that's what twisted, that's where wicker, wicker, wicked, wicked. Wicker furniture, twisted furniture. That's where it comes from. Devil's responsible for that. And he can keep you in bondage through strongholds, through thoughts where you get strongholds in your flesh. There's works of flesh. Let me know what the works of the flesh are. Adultery, fornication, malice, envy, jealousy, bitterness. All these are the works of the flesh. But the enemy, anger, wrath, the enemy can keep you in bondage with that with a thought and with a stronghold. Now, if they're not, they're, they're reasonings. There are debates. There are things that argue with the Word of God. That's what strongholds are. They are suggestions. Everybody says suggestions. Devil doesn't always come so aggressive. He's very subtle. Sometimes he'll just suggest. I suggest you cheat on your taxes. Oh, I'm coming up in your business today, all right? <laughs> I suggest you cheat on your spouse. I suggest that you take vengeance on your enemies. I suggest you worry. I suggest that you believe this bad report. I, I suggest that you be in fear. I suggest that you be in condemnation, shame, guilt. That's how the enemy does. The first couple on the earth, who are they? Adam and Eve. Remember what God gave them instruction. He says, you can have every tree of the garden. It's all good for you. The fruit is all good for you. But do not eat of the tree of knowledge of good and evil. The day that you do, you will die. So he gives them that instruction. And I do not know how long that they obeyed God with that instruction. Might have been a day. Might have been a hundred years. But what got them to disobey? What deceived Adam and Eve? Now the serpent was more cunning than any beast in the garden. And what, he, what did he use? A thought. He comes up to Eve and he says, can't eat any of the tree in the garden? We can't eat of the tree of, of uh, knowledge of good and evil. Or God says we'll die. What does the, what's the devil do? You won't surely die. Twist the word of God. And they believed, and a thought is what brought them into bondage. Matter of fact, 
Sin entered the world through Adam when he fell off that bridge in sin. We all fell in sin. We're born into sin now because of one man's thought, one man's decision, one man's actions. And it all came through a what? A thought. Now listen to me here this morning. Thoughts in itself are not sin. Temptation in itself is not sin. Jesus was tempted in all points, the Bible says in Hebrews, but he was sinless. See, here's the thing about thoughts while I'm in the neighborhood. Thoughts and temptation. You can be a good person and have a bad thought. Anybody here, good person, you believe you're a good person, but you have a bad thought? You got an honest church, two people. All right. <laughs> you can be a good person and have a bad thought. But that does not make it sin until you act onto it, until you receive it. You can be tempted in your flesh, and until you receive it and act upon it, it's not a sin. Martin Luther, the German priest, said it like this. You can't stop the bird from flying over your head, but you can stop him from building a nest in your hair. Meaning is that you can't stop thoughts coming along. Just like you can't stop that bird from flying over your head, you don't have any control over that. But you do have control over the bird landing in your head and making a nest and receiving it. It's the same thing with thoughts. You can't stop thoughts that the enemy comes along and gives you a bad thought, or maybe it comes from the world, or you know, you turn on the TV and you hear thoughts and you hear the cultural today. You hear all these things and, and dropping in thoughts like that, and you can't stop them from coming. You know, people think, well, I just shut off. I just won't have any bad thoughts. No, you won't. Don't think about elephants. Don't think about elephants. Don't think about elephants, those big old the ivory tusks. Don't think about those big floppy ears on those big old bull elephants. Don't think about the leather uh, hide on elephants. Don't think about elephants at all. Every one of you thinking about elephants. <laughs> See, the only way you're going to get rid of a thought, you've got to replace it with a greater thought. We're going to learn here today that there's practical steps in God's Word to get rid of thoughts. So you're thinking about elephants? Don't think about penguins. Don't think about penguins. Don't think about those penguins walling around, right? Don't think about penguins at all. You're thinking about penguins. But the way we get rid of negative thoughts and, and thoughts that can get us into a stronghold, a barrier where uh, take us captive and prisoner, is by simply going through the Word of God. Thoughts. So we got to be aware of our thoughts. Watch out for our thoughts. Watch out for reasoning. Watch out for things that debate. See, the devil and Eve, they were arguing against the word of God. God did not say that. He didn't really say that. But they did. They died. Well, they did not physically, but they died spiritually. And that's where we've been in problem ever since. Men have to be, you have to be born again to get into the kingdom of God. Do you realize that going to church doesn't make you a child of God? Huh? Coming into church, being a member doesn't make you a child of God. There's only one way. And you have to become the righteousness of God, and that's through Christ Jesus. Jesus, when you believe on him and you accept him and you receive him as your Lord and Savior, then you're born again in the spirit, brand new, new creation. But the problem is, is we got a body that's flesh that houses the spirit, and we have a soul, which is our mind, will, and emotions, and this has to get transformed. Stinking thinking is what we all have, and we're trying to get back the way God talks and God speaks. And so we have to be aware of all the wiles of the devil, the schemes of the devil. Amen? Amen. So the minds are the battlefield. 
Let's look at uh, 2 Corinthians real quick, chapter 10, and this is really going to be a foundation. Next week, when I preach about this, we're going to go to the practical steps of God's Word is so practical where you can be delivered. You can be delivered like that, right? This is here foundation to show us how all this stuff works and the weapons that we have here today. 2 Corinthians chapter 10. Verse 4, for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. They're not fleshy. Our weapons are not, you know, they're not natural weapons. It's not grenades and guns. But our weapons are what? Mighty. Everybody say mighty in God. <laughs> for the weapons of warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty in God. If you don't leave any, with anything else, I pray that you get this today, that you got mighty weapons in God. Mighty weapons. Have faith in God. Not faith that the enemy's going to be. When all the dust settles and smoke clears, what do you believe? That God's going to be there or the devil's going to be there? Because faith is in God. Fear is of the devil. And sometimes we get such a stronghold of fear that we think, oh, it's going to be bad. It's always going to be, you know, just one problem after another. We need to rise up and take every thought captive and know, hey, in faith I believe what God. I believe in faith that we have mighty weapons. Mighty weapons. Let's look at the mighty in God. I got a statement up here about in, in Ephesians chapter 6. You know, we did teaching on that about the armor of God about a year ago. Ephesians 6.14 says that we have the belt of truth. How many of you know this is truth? This is all truth. Huh? This right here. This is all truth. You receive this. You believe this. As a Christian, this is how you guide your life is with this truth. Amen? You, you, don't, you, don't, you don't go by what you hear and people in the know. You go not by even commentaries. You go by what the Word of God has to say. You have to esteem this Word more than your own. Amen? You look at it, and listen, if, 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 if you don't agree with it, it's your problem, not God's. If, if, if there's something wrong with our understanding, if we do not agree with everything that this word has to say. And so we have to have the belt of truth. That, uh, a Roman soldier, Paul's describing a Roman soldier, they, they girded themselves with a belt. It held everything up. Truth supports everything. We have the Holy Spirit. Do you know that? He is the spirit of truth, and he guides us in all truth. Matter of fact, if the light bulb's going on right now and you're receiving revelation, you're understanding some things, that's not natural. That's a spiritual thing. That's the Holy Spirit because he will teach you all things and give you remembrance of all things. Listen, it's, it's not good preaching. It's, it's good anointing from the Holy Spirit because he's the teacher. Amen? I'm just a vessel. And you're vessels with ears that have anointed ears to understand. And you're blessed if you can receive revelation and understand things. You're blessed because God gave you that blessing. Flesh and blood didn't give it to you. The Holy Spirit's blessed you with it. Belt of truth. You got the breastplate of righteousness. That's a good one. A lot of people don't think they're righteous. You're not righteous on your own works. You're righteous because of Jesus Christ and his finished works. Do you know that you're as righteous as Jesus? Religious people go. Crucify him. Religious people won't receive that. You know why? You better be as righteous as Jesus because it's his righteousness that makes you righteous. That's what gets you to heaven. 
You're not going to get to heaven on your own righteousness. You have to have Jesus Christ as your righteousness. So you, when you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you become, you are made the righteousness of God. That means you're right with God. Not because you pass out turkeys on Thanksgiving. Not because you're a good Samaritan. Why? Because simply you believe. Abraham believed and he was made the righteousness of God. We believe and we're made the righteousness of God. You got to realize that, that you are right with God. If you don't get that right there, that you're the righteousness of God, you won't, you'll miss out. You'll, you'll come to church sometimes. You'll come to God sometimes. You won't pray like you should. Why? Because you won't run to a mad God. Because you think God's mad at you all the time. Listen, we fall, we stumble, we sin, but we have an advocate, a mediator, Jesus Christ, who cleanses us from all our iniquities. Amen. If we confess, he is faithful and just to cleanse us of all our sin. Praise God, that'll get you excited. You're righteous because of Jesus Christ. Don't let that enemy get a stronghold and say, oh, you, you need to be, you're, you're guilty. You're not right. You're not right. For there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus who walk in the spirit and not the flesh. Romans 8, 1. That pulls down a stronghold right there. That's the weapon. Amen? Amen. Shoes of the gospel. We get to bring the word of God, the good news. Are you bringing the good news? Dean always, you know, when he, she looks at my feet, she laughs. My feet are some ugly feet. <laughs> when I was growing up, my feet are so flat that I can stand on an ant and he will not crawl out. <laughs> that is some flat feet. Always bothered me when I had baseball practice, you know, in high school, we pitchers we had to run three miles afterwards, and my feet would just hurt because of no arch support, you know. And, and so, but I always tell Dean, and my feet are beautiful. Because it says how beautiful are the feet of those who bring the good news. Amen. <laughs> so you got beautiful feet. You, you teach the good news. Amen. Hallelujah. Helmet of salvation. You need that helmet on. Why? Because this is where you got to protect it between your two ears. This is where the battlefield is. This is how the enemy comes, I suggest. I, let's reason. Let's talk about this. Let's argue about it. So protect it. How about the, uh, the shield of faith? To quench every fiery dart the enemy has. Aren't you glad you got faith? God has given every man a measure of faith, but you got to grow that faith. Huh? You want your shield to be big. You know, you don't want a little shield like this, right? Blocking those <laughs> darts like that. And those darts are thoughts. Those fiery darts. How about the sword of the spirit? <laughs> this is where it's at, folks. The sword of the spirit. You have prayer. You want God to intervene? You got to pray. How many of you want heaven to intervene in your life? Huh? Well, you got to pray. But I don't think we think that's mighty in God, a weapon, because you have a prayer meeting, two people show up. We, we've, we don't realize we've been hoodwinked by the devil saying that prayer is not an effective weapon, that God doesn't listen. You have not because you pray not. You don't ask. We need to pray. But this word of God, amen, the sword of the Spirit, everything else defends, but this sword is where you can stick it into the devil. It's a two-edged sword. 
It's sharper. It's quick. It's powerful. It's not, this is not natural. This is God. Breathe. God inspired. God breathe. This is living. This is anointed. Your words are spirit and life and truth and life. This, is, this, this word right here will transform your life. It will renew your life. Receive with meekness the engrafted word that's able to save your soul. For the word of God is living and quick and powerful than any two-edged sword. Sharper than any two-edged sword. And it can divide the spirit and the soul. Boy, it can cut. It can, things that are in the spirit realm, things in the soul, things that need to be pruned in the soul, stinking thinking, right? It can cut it. It can, get so, it can get so deep, it can get into the marrow of the bone. He sent this word, and they, they were healed. Amen. This, you can be delivered with this word of God. From anxiety, be anxious for nothing, but by prayer and supplication, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God that surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Thy will keep thee in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on thee. See, all things are made through him, by him, and for him. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and the Word dwelt among us and became flesh. This Word is nuclear weapon in the spirit realm. This is mighty. You don't, you don't have to wait five years to get delivered. Like that, you can be delivered by the Word of God. Thinking on the Word of God. Believing on the Word of God. Hallelujah. Let me say this statement right here. You cannot fight thoughts with thoughts. You can't fight thoughts with thoughts when the enemy brings a thought. Don't, you don't bring another thought. What do you use? Use the Word of God. That's what, this is our Word. This is our weapon. It's right here. Remember Jesus in the wilderness? Jesus is baptized in the Jordan River and God says, this is my beloved son, whom I'm well pleased. And immediately, the Holy Spirit leads Jesus out of the River Jordan into the wilderness. The Holy Spirit led Jesus into the wilderness. And who's there to meet him? That old snake. Beelzebub. Lord of the flies. Waiting on Jesus. He's been there fasting for 40 days. And here's what, what's the last thing Jesus heard when he was baptized? This is my beloved son. Hear him. What's the first thing the devil says to Jesus? If you are the son of God. See, working on that thoughts. If you are the son of God, command these stones to become bread. And that was a temptation for Jesus. You know why? Because he could do it. He could turn them into bread. Did he answer him with another thought? No, he said, it is written. It is written. Man shall not live by bread alone, but every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. See, every time the devil tempted him three times there in that wilderness, every time Jesus slammed it down. Not with thoughts, not with reasoning, not with debates, not with arguments. He slammed him down and said, get behind me, Satan, for it is written. See? It's what you got to do. Now, if Jesus had to do it, don't you think we need to do it? We have to use the word of God. So, how do we do that? Practically, how do we do that? 
Let's look at verse 5 of 2 Corinthians chapter 10. Let's, let's go back to 4. For the weapons of our warfare are not fleshy, they're not carnal, but they're mighty, mighty. Get that today. Underline that. They're mighty. And what do those mighty weapons do? Pull down what? And casting down arguments. Every high thing that exalts. You know there's some high things trying to exalt against the word of God in Christianity today? Just turn on the TV. Every high thing, lofty thing, that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into what? To the obedience of Christ. We have to take every thought captive. Now, the Greek word for that, let me see if I, Greek word for that is akmaltizo. Actually, you got to have some spit in the back of your throat. <laughs> <laughs> maltizo. Everybody say akmaltizo. You're speaking Greek. What that means is taking every thought captive. What that means is in the Greek, the translation literally means taking a spear point and taking it prisoner. So how many thoughts? What does it say? Take every, how many? A few? That means you got to be a good custodian over your thoughts. you you got to be sober, like Peter said, and walk around with your head on straight and make sure you don't just walk through life like, la, 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 you know. When you hear a thought, have you ever heard people that, that they were good people, they love you, they have good intentions, but, man, they gave you some bad thoughts? Because, see, the devil doesn't always just bring it to you directly, sometimes indirectly, through people that love you will come along and speak a word, and they'll cause you to be in, in a stronghold. So we take every thought, every thought that comes along our way, and we use the spear. You take the spear, the pointed spear, the spearhead, and you stick it up to that thought. You say, you know what? You're coming with me. We're coming, and where are you bringing it to? To the word of Jesus Christ, the word of God. And if it doesn't line up with the word, what do you do? Kick it out. Send it right back where it came from. Probably came from hell. Send it right back to where it came from. Take that spearhead, point it, and say, all right, this thought, you coming with me? Do you agree with this word of God? Are you lined up with it? No? Cast it out. If it agrees, keep it. You got to do that. Because there's a lot of things out there that sounds godly that's not godly. Huh? That's not from God. And we got to be aware of that. We got to watch out and make sure that we're taking every thought captive. And listen, if you don't take every thought captive, you're already captive. If you don't take every thought captive, it's going to take you captive. If you play around with it long enough, it's going to take you captive. If you don't deal with it, it's going to become a stronghold. What's a stronghold? It's a foothold for the devil. So whenever you start walking forward in the kingdom of God and you're, 
You know, you're treating your spouse right. You're, you, you know, you're treating your children right. You're being a godly father. You're being a godly mother. You're walking in the kingdom of God. You're going forward. And all of a sudden, the devil goes, oh, no, 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 no. I don't want you to go any further than that. He brings up that stronghold. The next thing, you got a work of the flesh. Next thing, you're in condemnation, guilt. And that's why, you know, you ever seen people where, where they'll come to church and they're so excited for God and the things of God and they're like they're setting the woods on fire and all of a sudden they're gone. You know what happens? Because when the word is preached, the enemy immediately comes for the word's sake to steal that word and he will bring tribulations and trials for the word's sake. And many times when people start going forward in the kingdom of God, they'll say, no, you're not going any further than that. And he'll bring a thought, he'll bring a stronghold. And a lot, and a lot of times we, we have the works of the flesh, anger, wrath, malice, bitterness, unforgiveness, vengeance. You know God wants us to bless our enemies? If we, don't, if we feel like it or not. How many had to bless your enemies before? It's tough to do, isn't it? I remember the first time I read that, I was like, you know what? I'll take everything on the buffet but blessing your enemies. Passing on that. <laughs> Not today. It bloats me. It bloats me. <laughs> it makes me hitch. <laughs> A lot of my enemies are sometimes religious folks, legalistic folks. Don't believe in the things of God. And... Um, the God will say, hey, you know, you're not right. Your attitude's not right. You need to bless them. And I remember blessing some people that did me wrong, right? In my, in my perspective, they're like, oh, man, you did it. And God says, it's messing you up. It's poisoning you. All you sit there and think about is that. Become a stronghold if you don't watch out. And so I'm letting that bird fly over my head. And I'm like, I'm going to land, let that land for a while because I'm mad. <laughs> but God says, you know, you got to bless them. So I blessed him. But you know how I did it? Teeth gritting. Lord, bless him. <laughs> Give it to him, Lord. <laughs> a little flesh mixed with it. But I did that for a while. The first time I did that for a person. And, and, uh, and after I did that, my feelings caught up with my prayer. They changed. The first time I did it, my feelings were like, but it's not about your feelings. It's about being obedient. Just be obedient, even if you're gritting your teeth. God knows your heart. God sees that you, he knows your frame is dust. As a father pities his children, so the Lord pities us. He knows our frame is dust. He knows it's a struggle, but he sees the intention of your heart. I'm going to obey God. I'm going to do it. And I blessed him. And the next thing I know, I started seeing how the Lord sees them. You know, not everybody gets to start on going life. We all got struggles. We all go through some trials. We go through some tribulations, setbacks, strongholds. And sometimes that can keep us in bondage. But if you really want to be real, here's the thing. If you want to be free, freedom, you got to break strongholds. And sometimes breaking strongholds is just letting go of unforgiveness. Just let it go. Let it be the past. And if you have trouble doing it, Ask the Lord to help you. He'll help you. You don't have wisdom about it? Ask him God. He says, who gives it all, all men liberally? He'll tell you how to do it. Say, Lord, give me the heart to do this. I can't do it on my own strength. He knows that. 
He'll do that for you. So we got to watch out for thoughts. Next week, we're going to get into more of the practical side of this. But you got to watch out for thoughts. Proverbs 23, 7 says this. As a man thinks in his heart, what is it, church? As a man thinks, see, that's where you got to watch out for thoughts. If thoughts get sown in your heart, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. You'll start being your own prophet. Prophetess. You'll start speaking things into existence that God doesn't want and you don't want. Proverbs says, guard your heart with all diligence, for out of it flows the issues of life. What's sown in your heart will manifest if you leave it in your garden long enough. If you allow a bad negative thought, a stronghold thought, to get planted seed in your heart, it's going to grow. If you keep watering it with bitterness, unforgiveness, guilt, shame, worry, all that, it'll grow. What do you have to do? You've got to root it up. Before you have fruit, you got to have a root. You don't have a root of bitterness because you'll have fruit of bitterness. Pretty soon, nobody wants to hang around you. No one asks you, how's it going? <laughs> As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. You'll become that because Jesus said, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So eventually what's down in your heart, you're going to speak and you're going to give it life because death and life are in the power of the tongue. You're going to speak it into life. And you're your worst enemy then. It's like the devil just winds you up and then you start sowing to everybody else, complaining, murmuring. On the job Monday morning, oh, that boss telling all the co-workers, don't do that. Don't murmur, don't complain. Get some Roundup, right? Kill those weeds. The Roundup of the Word. Kill those weeds. Kill that, those seeds. Because as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. If you don't watch out, thoughts will turn into emotions. Negative thoughts will turn into negative emotions, and negative emotions will turn into negative decisions. And negative decisions will turn into negative actions. And negative actions will turn into habits. And negative habits will turn into character. And then after character, you got the fruit. The fruit of what? The fruit of the thought. Don't let it build a nest in your hair. Take every thought with a spear. So you coming with me? This is done lining up. So it doesn't line up with the Word of God. I'm casting you out. I'm not receiving that. People speak over me sometimes and say, man, you're going you're gonna to die at whatever, you know? Just, just out of the blue, I've had people said that to me, you know? And I'm like, no, I don't receive that thought. Because Psalms 91 says, with long life, he'll satisfy me. He will satisfy me with long life. 
Don't run in fear, you know. World's getting crazy out there. Better watch out. You're going to get shot. No, a thousand may fall at my side, ten thousand at my right hand, but it won't come near me. Better watch out for that next virus out there. It's going to get you. No evil shall befall me. He who abides on the shadow of the Almighty. That is the word that you use to those negative thoughts. Don't receive negative thoughts. Amen. Let's help anybody here this morning. Praise God. Thanks for listening today. To stay connected, visit us online at velocityburnham.org and follow us on Instagram. And if you're ever in the Burnham area, we'd love to have you visit us on a weekend. Thanks again, and we hope to see you soon.